just talk about what I believe is, is the critical factor in making 2016 the best year that you can have um, from God's Word. So my message this morning is, you can't improve your future without disturbing your present. <clears throat> you can't improve the future if you don't change what's happening today. We have to do something different if we want our future to be different. And, to, you know, 2016, it's a brand new year. It's exciting. It's, uh, it's something that we want to embrace. Um, but we don't want to leave 2016 to chance. You don't want to leave it to, hap- to happenstance, to luck. You don't want to just uh, let 2016, what happens in your world, happen by coincidence. Um, you want to you want to make 2016 the year that you want it to be and that God's destined it to be <coughs> in regards to our family our our friends our career our job our relationships the the important parts of our world the the things that really define us and obviously our relationship with God our calling our ministry our our divine purpose and not leaving all those things just just a chance just a coincidence that that they would become what we desire and what we hope them to be. Um, if you want to see what God has promised and what you desire taking place in 2016, then you need to approach the year head first. Everyone say head first. Head first is a, a term which just defines um, uh, going at it uh, strong and with determination. Um, but in Romans 12, I want to just change that definition a little bit. Romans 12, 2, it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. All the changes that are going to take place in our world are going to be the result of the changing of our thinking, the way we approach 2016, the way we approach our future, the way we approach our life, the way we approach our marriage, the way we approach our family, the way we approach our career, every change that's going to take place other than coincidence, chance or luck is going to happen because we begin to look and to think about it differently. Uh, (laughs) How many Christians does it take to change a light bulb? Change? (laughs) So often the church is reticent to change. We, we are built on tradition. We are built on form. We're built on, on, uh, on just um, on, uh, repetition, if you like, in a lot of ways. And those things can be great unless they hold us back from embracing change and the future and the things that we need to let go of to take a hold of the future. And our life can be exactly the same. If we are going to take a hold of the future, there are some things that we have to let go of, that we have to let go. Even in business, I was reading a quote this week by Jack Welch, the former CEO of General Electric, well-known business speaker as well. He said, you have to change before you have to change. I like that. You have to change before you have to change. 
You don't want to just let life force you to make changes, but to get on the front foot and say, you know what, I'm going to take control of my life and my future and my destiny, and I'm going to make and initiate the changes in the way I'm seeing myself and my life, the way I see God, the way I see my my marriage, the way I see my family, the way I see my career. I need to make some changes if 2016 is going to be the year that I want it to be. And God's Word informs us that if we want life to change, we need to change. If we want our world to change, then we need to change first. If we want our marriage to change, then we need to change. There's no point waiting for the other person to change. They're not going to change unless we change. And we take the initiative and we take the front foot in making the changes. And uh, I mean, you might see this as sexist or you might see it as, uh, as um, uh, I don't know, out of touch. But for me, I believe that as the, as the male, as the head of the household, it is our responsibility to be the change makers, to be the initiators, to be the ones, if it comes to restoration, to be the first person to say sorry. If it comes to, um, if it comes to uh, coming to agreement on something, that we're the first person to compromise, that we take the lead, that we lead by example. And, you know, life's not perfect. And there's always, when any two people come together, there's always going to be disagreements, there's always going to be challenges, there's going to be arguments at different points in time, but it's important that somebody says, you know what, I'm going to be the leader, I'm going to be the one that sets the example, I'm going to be the one, and look, in Nick and my relationship, we both share that, that, um, that role, and fortunately, I'm married to, an, we haven't got a new baby, have we? <laughs> um, I just... Got a cold shiver through my body. <laughs> but, um, uh, but if we want life to change, then we, we have to, we have to decide that we're going to change the way we're seeing life. The story of two guys who uh, were fishing in a lake. One guy kept catching all the fish and the other guy was watching on. And he noticed that as he caught the fish, he'd pull out his tape measure and he'd measure it. And if it was longer than 20 centimetres, he was throwing the fish back. And the guy couldn't work out. Why is he throwing the big fish back? Normally you throw the little fish back. You keep the big fish. Anyway, he kept doing this. And at one point it just got to him and he walked over to him. He said, excuse me, I know I've just been observing you. And I've noticed every time you catch a fish, you pull out your tape measure, you measure it. And if it's bigger than 20 centimetres, you throw it back. I don't understand why you're doing that. And he says, oh, it's simple. My fry pan's only 20 centimetres long. <laughs> I'm throwing out every fish that's bigger than my fry pan. And the reality is, if we do not change our thinking, if we do not expand what we see and how we see it, then every challenge or every opportunity, every blessing that God sends our way that's bigger than our 20 centimetre thinking, we're going to throw out because we think, I can't use this. I can't do this. I can't make this happen. We have to change our thinking. God's Word says that we are transformed. That means changed, metamorphosized. We are changed to another person by the renewing of our mind. It all begins 
with what we're thinking right here, right now. Um, Paul again says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, he says, You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new. Everyone say, made new. In the attitude of your minds. Transformation, being made new, the metamorphosis begins as our mind shifts. God's Word, the purpose of God's Word is that it comes into our heart, into our thinking, and begins to change the patterns and the mindsets and the well-worn routes, uh, um, grooves of our thinking. And shifts us into another place so that we can begin to see and perceive and look and believe in new, in new ways. Change, that scripture tells us that change is more than just turning over a new leaf. Change is beginning a new life. To be made new in the attitude of your mind, listen to this, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So how do you put off the old self that Paul talks about? How do you put on the new self? It all begins with the way you think, what you believe, and how you approach God's Word. Uh, ben, my youngest son, and I have been uh, over the Christmas holidays. We've just decided that we were going to uh, watch some of the greatest masterpieces of cinematography and... and um, uh, Movies. I can't think of another word. But anyway, we decided that we were going to watch the whole five Rocky movies before we went to see Creed. Uh, actually, it was Ben's idea. So we were watching through the Rocky movies, and uh, my favourite's Rocky Three. Who's seen the Rocky movies? Put your hand up if you've seen the Rocky movies. Put your hands up if you've never seen any of the Rocky movies. Oh. <laughs> we'll have an altar call at the end of the service. <laughs> but anyway... You have to see the Rocky movies. They're just oh, so inspiring. Anyway, mine's favourite's the third. Ben was saying he thinks his is the fourth or the fifth. Uh, the fourth one, if you don't remember, is when he fights the Russian. The fifth one's when he raises up a protege and, and the guy turns against him and they have a fight, a, a street fight. Anyway, in Rocky Three, I believe, as I was uh, watching it, uh, there's, a, there's a passage in the, in the film which I think depicts often what happens in our Christian life as we follow Christ, as, as the years begin to wind on and we, we're following Jesus and we're just you know, heading along. Just like in, in Rocky, Rocky III, he's won the title. He's got comfortable with life. Everything's going all right. He, used, he didn't have money. Now he's got money. He didn't have a wife. Now he's got a wife. And, and sort of the things that he wanted as he's progressed, he's, he's begin to become comfortable with life. And then this challenge comes his way. And Mickey, who was his coach, uh, Rocky's coach or his trainer, uh, he says to him, the worst thing that happened to you that can happen to any fighter. He goes, what's that? That's my best impersonation of Rocky. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> you got civilized. You got civilized. Uh, and there's this passage of Scripture where uh, Rocky says, I said, why are you doing this? Uh, he's coach, I'm not going to train you anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to be your trainer anymore. Goes, why are you doing this? He says, because you can't win. He goes, Rock, this guy will kill you to death inside three rounds. Rocky Balboa goes, he's just another fighter. 
He said, things are just the way they've always been. I'll get in the ring. I'm going to win. That's just the way it goes. And he goes, no, he ain't just another fighter. This guy's a wrecking machine. And here's the line. And he's hungry. You ain't been hungry since you won that belt. You ain't been hungry since you won that belt. And then he begins to tell you guys, I've defended my belt. I've defended my title 10 times. And he goes, there were setups. I set them up. I got, I got weaker fighters to come and fight you because I wanted to protect you. I wanted to look after you. And, and you think you are better than you are because you've got soft. And I think oftentimes in our Christian walk, we, when we first come to Christ, there's so many things that need to change and so many areas of our life that, that we want to get right and we're hungry for God and we're desperate for change. And as we follow Christ, as we meditate on the Scriptures, as we listen to podcasts, our life begins to change and finances begin to get better. Relationships begin to get restored and things begin to work out. And life's good and and. We get civilized. We just, oh, well, life's okay. I'm comfortable now. And we forget to do the things that we were doing that got us to that point. And we get in a well-worn groove. And I want to encourage you this morning, as you head into 2016, if there's things that you still want to see happen, if there's changes that you still want to see occur, if there's dreams and desires that you're still reaching out for, then you must change your thinking, the way that you're approaching life. You cannot improve your future without disturbing the present. What are you going to change today that is going to influence your tomorrow in relation to your relationship with God? I want to give you three things that you need to change here this morning, and then I'll finish our message. Number one, these are from the Word of God. Number one, you have to get a new perspective Colossians 3, 1 to 2. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life in Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. One of the challenges that we have as Christians is to move away from our own perspective and begin to see life, our life, our future, the world, our purpose through God's perspective. To take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And if we're going to get 2000, if 2016 is going to hold some of the things that we desire and that we want, that God has promised, then we need to change our perspective. A perspective is your ability to change the focus or the framework or to, or to look at something from a different angle. Perspective, it speaks of, from the Bible, perspective speaks of understanding, it speaks of wisdom, and it speaks of discernment. So we have to see things from a different perspective if we're going to approach them from a different way. And if we want things to change, if we want things to get better, then we've got to do things differently. And that all begins with us looking at them differently. Now, we can't just 
do that, we've got to ask God to help us to see things differently from his word. Psalm 103 verse 7 says this, He, that's God, made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. That's the NIV version. The people of Israel got to see what God did, but Moses got to understand why he did it. That is perspective. See, God is doing things in our lives, and oftentimes we don't know why he's doing it. We get frustrated. We get upset. We get disappointed. We get discouraged with God and what he's doing because we see him doing something, but we don't know why he's doing it. But the Bible says that Moses, God revealed to Moses not just what he was doing, but why he was doing it. When we understand the long-range purpose of why God is allowing things in our life, why things aren't happening as fast as we want them to happen, why he's not fulfilling our five-year goals on a monthly basis, why he's not submitting his monthly update, because he wants to develop trust in our life, and trust happens Trust occurs as we begin to see things from his perspective. See, the Christian life is not us living our life and then God following behind, smoothing out all the things out in front of us. No, the Christian life is following Jesus Christ, is walking with him and not saying, oh, no, I don't want to go that way. See ya. It's trusting God to know that he has your best interest at heart. And the only way that trust is developed is by understanding. It's this whole thing about perspective. And when we know why God's doing what he's doing, we are more willing to trust him. Perspective, two things. Perspective causes us to love God more. The better we understand the nature of God, the, more, the better we understand who he truly is, the more we trust him because the more we love him, the more we know him, the more we're willing to embrace his way. It says in Ephesians 3.18, may you be able to feel and understand as God's children should how long, how wide, how deep and how high is God's love or his love really is. That perspective, that understanding. And he doesn't always reveal why he's doing things. But when we understand that the things that he's doing is because he loves us, because he's for us, then we're far more willing to embrace his way, which means the things that we desire and we want are far more likely to occur because they're going to come as we open up our hearts to God. As we trust Him and as we follow Him, we're going to see the desires of our heart coming to pass. That's the way it works. So perspective causes us to love God more. Perspective also helps us to handle the difficulties or the challenges or the trials that the Bible says are going to come in life. If you've got a heartbeat, if you hold up a mirror and you breathe on it and it fogs up, guess what? There's going to be some difficult times in life. 2016 is going to, is going to hold some challenges. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I know you might have been hoping that it was just going to be a year of hilltop experiences. But 2016 is going to have some challenges. And your ability to walk through those challenges and continue to believe and continue to stretch, continue to remain hungry and to press on, will be determined 
by our ability to hold on to his perspective. The Hebrews 12.2 says this, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The only reason Jesus was able to go to the cross was because of his perspective. Because the Bible says in, in the Garden of Gethsemane that he didn't want to go to the cross. So why was he able to go to the cross? Because he saw a new perspective. He saw his life, his purpose, his future through the perspective of God's will, God's desire, and God's plan. And because he had a God-filled perspective, it empowered him to go to the cross. And on the other side of that challenge, of that trial, was all the blessings that had been promised that he was going to fulfill through his death and resurrection. It was his perspective that allowed him to go to the cross. It's your perspective that is going to empower you to press and go through every challenge, difficulty, and sideswipe that's going to come in 2016, knowing that, as it says in Romans 8.28, that all things, all things work together for good. For those who love God, who have been called according to His purpose. All things. That's a perspective. Oh, but what about that? No, all things. That's a perspective on life that empowers you to go through every difficulty that you're going to face and get you out the other side into the blessings that God's promised. So that's number, that's number one. What was number one? Hold on, I've lost my sheets. <laughs> What was number one? A new perspective. Good to see you listening. <laughs> number two, not only do you need a new perspective, it's important that you're in agreement. Everyone say agreement. So the Bible clearly teaches that the place of agreement is the place of power. In a marriage, there's agreement. That's where unity, that's where power, that's where strength comes from. In our relationship with God, it's in agreement with His Word that power, unity, and strength come from. The Bible says where two or more agree on a thing, it shall be done. It says where two or more are in agreement or, or uh, gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. There is power when we get in agreement. If we're going to see the things that, God has for us coming to pass if we're going to see the things that we desire coming to pass in 2016. It's important that we're able to get in agreement with what God says. If we don't believe that things are going to change, guess what? They're not going to change. If we don't believe that God is going to move on our behalf, then guess what? He's not going to move on our behalf. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. And when we find God's Word, when we meditate on His Scriptures and we get in agreement with what they say in regards to family issues, financial issues, relational issues, career issues, every area of importance in our life is covered in the Word of God. There are promises, there are scriptures, there are stories, there are parables that cover it. And when we make a decision, you know what? I'm just going to agree with what God says. I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to agree with it. It says all things. I just, I don't know if all things are going to work. I don't know about this. Forget about that. Just say, you know what? God says it's going to work together for good. I'm going to believe it. 
I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to I'm going to hold on to it. When we get in agreement, things begin to happen. John 5.4 says this in the message translation. Every God-begotten person conquers the world. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's way. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. What's faith? The substance of things hoped for. The person who wins out over the world's way is simply the one who believes Jesus. Make a decision. And in 2016, you're just going to believe what he says. If he says that healing is in the New Testament and you're believing for healing, just believe that healing is possible, that healing is available. If you're believing to get out of debt, that your financial circumstances need to turn around, just believe that the Bible says that if you give, it'll be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, flowing over. That as you begin to become generous, then God begins to work out your... If you begin to hold on and go, I've got to sort this out first, guess what? Nothing's going to change for you. Agreement. There's power in agreement. And the third thing, and I'll finish with this. Not only do you have to change your perspective, then get in agreement with God, but the third thing that we need to do is then we've got to do something. We've got to do something. There's no point us just praying and praying and praying and praying and asking God to do something and asking God to change something, asking God that this will happen and that'll happen if we're not prepared to do anything ourselves. See, there's two legs to God's purpose being fulfilled in our life. Two arms, if you like. There's two parts to it. One's the part that God does and one's the part that we do. And we've got to begin to change. We've got to begin to step out and do, do things differently if we want to see the promises of God coming to pass. The steps of a righteous person, the Bible says, are ordered by the Lord. Many of the plans of a man's heart, it says in Proverbs, but his steps are ordered by God. God determines his ways. What's that saying? It's just saying, if you're not moving, he's not working. If we're not going somewhere, somewhere if we're not heading towards something, if we're not believing for something, then there's nothing for God to do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? In 2016, what are you hoping for? What is your desire? What has God spoken? What has he held before you in prophecy or in dream or in the word that stood out? Say, so, you know what? I'm going to stretch for that this year. I'm going to head towards it. I'm going to do what I can to see God come to pass, or see God's purpose come to pass. It was when Peter stepped out of the boat that he discovered the miraculous power of God to walk on water. He didn't discover that while he was sitting in the boat. I believe for some of you in 2016, God is asking you to step out of your comfort zone, out of the well-worn path, and step out on the water to see God's miraculous power come to pass, to see his providence and his plan coming to bear in your world, to going, you know what? 2016, I am going to step out and I'm going to trust God. When David stepped out against Goliath, 
He walked into God's power and providence for his life. The fulfilling of the prophecy that had been given to him. Part of that fulfillment was him stepping out against Goliath. If he didn't step out, he might not have ever been recognized by Saul. There's, there's, God's purpose doesn't just happen in a vacuum. His will doesn't come to pass apart from our response and ability. He works through us, not apart from us. And as you begin to trust, as we begin to say, you know what, God, I am going to step out towards that. Maybe it means in your career, maybe it means doing some more uh, study or something like that. Maybe it means setting some time aside to do something different. Maybe it means in getting involved in a different ministry, if it's ministry uh, that you're wanting to, to see God move in or relationally or, or doing something, taking some steps that's going to allow God to begin to move. If we change our perspective in 2016, if we get in agreement with God's Word and then start taking steps towards seeing the fulfillment of that thing, then all things will work together for good for you in 2016. Amen? Amen. Why don't we all stand here this morning? I, it's the first Sunday of the month. We normally have communion. And so what I decided to do is we're going to actually take communion at the end of the service right now. So if the attendants can come, that would be great. The band's going to play. Um, and what we're going to do right here, right now, as we begin a whole new fresh year, is we're going to commit our ways to the Lord. Those dreams, those desires, those hopes. And we're going to say, might just... Um, Actually, you know, we'll just leave them out here. Just put it all out here. We're not going to distribute it. And this is what I'm going to ask everyone to do. I'm just going to ask you, and we'll just do it in three different sections just so it doesn't get all... I don't think that's going to be enough for everybody. <laughs> There's only three bits there. <laughs> just take a small bite. <laughs> We're going to see the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. <laughs> no, I'm sure the guys... You guys just want to bring that out the front? Is it all right if we do something a little bit different? Is it all right if we... See some change? <laughs> How many Christians does it change to change a light bulb? Um, yeah, just maybe just spread it out a little bit. Thanks, guys. So I'm start. <laughs> I'll start with uh, I'll start with this section over here. So so here's what I want you to do. Just come out. If you're a visitor, I hope you don't feel this is too awkward. Uh, we're not trying to uh, make anybody um, stand out. But um, everyone just come out. Just grab a piece of bread. Grab a piece of juice. You can head back to your seat or you can stand out here. And just going to commit 2016 to the Lord. Going to commit our ways. Going to commit His desires. I'd encourage you. I really want you to, to ask the Lord to make you hungry in 2016 to not be civilized in regards to your Christian walk not just go through the through the motions to just see another year out going to church and doing Christian things which is all important and all good and all part of it but there's a hunger in your heart 
Maybe it's to see a family member or a good friend come to Christ in 2016. Maybe it's to see some personal change in your own world or circumstances. Maybe it's to see a breakthrough in a certain area and say to God, Lord, help me see things differently, number one. Change my perspective. Empower me to believe the Word of God. That's an okay prayer. Say, you know what? I'm struggling to believe. Help my unbelief. Help me to see the promises of God, that they're true and they're true for me. And thirdly, help me to step out of my comfort zone, of my well-worn traditions and ways and thinking and perspective and, and and to do something new in 2016, to see things differently in 2016 empower me to step out. Is that all right? If we do that, it's just going to take a couple of minutes. So I'll just ask these guys to come forward first. Just come out, grab a piece of juice. Just going to ask the band to maybe sing that song. Bring the lights down a little bit, please, Simi. Actually, I might ask you guys just to come out and say, Oh, you guys over here? Jesus Christ that was 
broken, the Bible says, for you and for I, that we might be restored in our relationship with God. It says in Romans that if God would not withhold His only Son, His most precious Son, how could we believe that He would withhold anything else from us? God will not withhold from you. His arms are stretched open towards you. Maybe you're here today. Maybe, maybe you just you haven't been in church for a while, or maybe this is your first time, and you just you don't feel close to God right now. I'd love you to use this opportunity to open up your heart to Him. Maybe for the first time, or maybe the first time in a while, because He demonstrated His love for you through that cross when He sent His Son to give His life that we might have restoration. His love for you and for I is limitless. All He's waiting for is our response. So as you eat the bread and drink the juice, never asked Jesus Christ into your life. Maybe you're away from Him right now. You're saying, Lord, I want to come back. I want you back in my life. I want to make you number one. Or for everyone here who's just saying, you know what, Lord, 2016, I give you this year. I give you this year. Change my perspective. I'll get in agreement. Show me where to step out. Make 2016 the year that you desire it to be. The power of your Holy Spirit. Why don't you eat and drink if you haven't already? Just eat and drink the juice, uh, the bread and the juice.